Hello, and welcome to episode two of the Parable Sowers podcast. I'm your host and resident author, Matt Lucas. Really excited to have you with me today. Uh, We're going to be doing a reading. Uh, This is one of my stories and one of the most important stories I ever wrote in my life. Actually, probably the most important story, if you ask my wife. And uh, this is the story that I wrote to propose to her um, back in May of 2020, so right in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, Really great opportunity to get this story published into print. Uh, So it's actually featured in Black Hair Press's Lockdown Paranormal Romance number two, uh, which is just a short anthology. So it features several other great authors that made great contributions. Uh, So really what happened was during the pandemic, Black Hair, uh, which is a great outfit based in Australia, decided everyone's at home, everyone's stuck. Let's use this as an opportunity to provide sort of free entertainment to people um, who were sort of stuck at home, as probably most of the world was during uh, the height of the pandemic. So uh, my wife and I got engaged in May of 2020. I submitted this story that I wrote for her um, to Black Hair, Ple- Black Hair Press, and uh, they ended up publishing it in this anthology. So now we have this really cool keepsake um, that we're able to have in print for the rest of our lives. So I really feel like this story um, illustrates the way that writers can deliver a lifelong gift to their friends and family. One of the things that I pride myself on in my writing is basing a lot of my characters off of people from my life Um, and using these stories, whether it be short stories, novels, flash fiction, whatever it might be to kind of honor the people in my life who have been supportive. Um, My wife, Daniela, has been one of the most supportive people, if not the most supportive person of this craft uh, and this endeavor that I've undertaken in writing. So being able to honor her and honor our relationship in such a way by having this keepsake published for for us to read for the remainder of our lives and for our children, hopefully grandchildren, God willing, we'll be able to read as well. So uh, that is going to be today's reading. So I'll jump into this uh, and then I'll dialogue a little bit about kind of what went into it. Um, and I've got a special guest, which... Um, you're all probably going to be able to guess, but we'll uh, we'll d- jump into that as well. Um, so really looking forward to getting started, and let's jump right in. A blue globe adorned with wisps of white and masses of green and brown hung against a captivating black backdrop. Glistening stars ornamented the immense void. Among them were two sentient orbs crafted of spirit's brilliant light. I'm going to miss you. When I'm down there, the spirit of a woman soon to be born lamented. I'll be with you there soon enough, her male counterpart assured. You know what happens when we go to Earth, she mourned. We won't remember each other. We'll find each other, he comforted, despite the uncertainty that clouded his soul. How, she probed. I'm going to the south of the southwest continent, and you're assigned to the northern region of the northwest. Now that distance looks like nothing... But down there, it seems insurmountable. Have faith, he answered with hope. In the sudden twinkling of the stars, she glimmered brighter. A dazzling array of colored cords of light surrounded her spirit, awestruck as her supernova swelled before launching her towards Earth like a fiery comet. A bittersweet concoction of joy and grief bubbled within his spirit. Turning towards the cosmos, he cried out in prayer to God. Bring her back to me someday. Give me a sign. 
anything so I know her when I find her. D D D D. A sudden blaring horn resonated through the ether. Matt lurched forward with wide eyes and panting breaths. Wiping the sweat from his brow, the man cursed himself for continuing to use the obnoxious alarm. Grasping his phone, Matt shut off the alarm as the memory of the recurring dream cycled through his mind. There was a name that lingered on the tip of his tongue. It felt like knowing the answer to a test question, but not being able to recall it in full until you heard it aloud. Brushing off the vision, Matt laid back into bed and examined his phone. His hopeful heart fluttered at the prospect of a message from someone, anyone, who might cure his loneliness. When he found nothing, his heart wings his heart's wings floundered and plummeted to the pit of his stomach. A disheartened sigh billowed from his nostrils as he rolled from bed to start his day. On his drive to work, Matt couldn't shake the bizarre dream that pervaded his sleep from time to time. It was like a memory from a forgotten time and place. Once at his desk, Matt sat with an open journal to jot down his prayers before the clamor of employees and ringing phones erupted through the office. Hopeful eyes bounced between the empty page and his phone. Still, there were no messages. He hung his head as his heart sunk. A desperate yearning for companionship that eluded him for 27 years left a strained tightness in his chest. That's when a light tapping jostled Matt from the desperate thoughts that barraged his mind. Whirling around, he saw his bespectacled colleague, Josh. Sorry to bother you, Josh interrupted as he scratched the sandy stubble on his chin. I just wanted to introduce you to our new hire, Daniela. Stepping out from behind Josh was an olive-skinned, brown-eyed beauty. Straight chestnut hair framed her kind, round face adorned with striking eyebrows and rosy cheeks. She wore a simple black blouse paired with gray slacks. Daniela, Matt breathed as if the name had lingered on his tongue, unspoken for a lifetime. It's nice to meet you, Daniela introduced herself in an accent Matt wasn't familiar with. She leaned in and extended her hand towards him. As their hands clasped, Daniela's necklace leapt into the open. Multicolored cords of light gleamed off the golden cross ornamented by a circle of glimmering gems. Nice to meet you, Matt replied with a smile. Where are you from? Daniela's head bobbed back and forth. I was born in Argentina, but moved to Florida as a teenager. What about you? Pittsburgh, Matt answered. I moved here a couple years ago. Daniela smiled, making a flock of butterflies soar in his stomach. So you went south and I came north, she observed. Matt chuckled. Glad we could meet in the middle. It was nice to meet you, Daniela. Daniela couldn't wipe this, the look of happiness from her face. I hope I see you around. Matt nodded, returning Daniela's infectious grin. You will. When she left, Matt turned back to his journal. Exhilarated nerves made his hands quake. As he wrote down Daniela's name, he couldn't shake the joyous feeling of a prayer answered. Over the coming weeks, friendship blossomed. In the streaking of a fiery comet, it morphed into affection. Soon, the companion Matt saw it wasn't just within his grasp. She was standing in his arms beneath a clear night sky. What do you think it'll be like when we get up there? Daniela asked. Do you think we'll remember each other? We found each other down here, Matt replied with certainty as he pulled her in close. It won't be any different up there. It might look so small from here, Daniela pondered, but up there the distance is insurmountable. 
Have faith, Matt assured, as he planted his lips onto hers. When their embrace ceased, Daniela rested her head on Matt's chest. I do. Loving warmth permeated both of their hearts, and they were entangled beneath the stars like a divine knot that no man could untie. Together, they were whole. Matt raised his eyes to the cosmos. His spirit leapt with joy and sent a grateful prayer to God, who brought them together by fate. Thank you. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that brief reading of Finding Her by Matt Lucas, which is featured in Black Hair Press's Lockdown Paranormal Romance number two. Um, so really what I'll do a little bit now is just kind of talk you through some of the background. Um, there's a lot of really interesting nuances that I wanted to put into this particular story. And, you know, a lot of this really is um, truthful. A lot of this actually happened when I met Daniela. And there's a couple of interesting nuances that I wanted to sort of highlight. So, um, you know, as you kind of see in the story, there's kind of this reflecting cadence that occurs. So if you're looking at the beginning of the story and you see these two sentient beings, these pre-incarnate people who are looking down on Earth, and then you contrast uh, some of the dialogue and some of the things that happen in that initial stage with what happens after Matt and Daniela have met or after me and my wife have met and we're down on earth and, and there's sort of this reflection of looking down on earth and looking up into the cosmos. Um, and there's just a couple of interesting things that I wanted to put into here. Uh, one being kind of this dazzling array of colored cords. Uh, so we see this when Daniela in her uh, pre-incarnate spirit descends to earth um and you also see that matt after that event occurs asks god in prayer to provide a sign some kind of sign that would hearken him back to this particular moment and so when you contrast that with the glimmering of daniela's necklace at the first meeting it's a it's a sign so it's this answering of prayer of God providing a sign, which was the last time that Matt saw Daniela in their pre-incarnated spirit forms to the first time they meet each other as human beings on earth when they finally have sort of found each other. Um, so this is a really cool and unique sign. Um, another little nuance um, that accompanies this is the the cross that is with the necklace. And I, and I put that in there. One, because that actually happened. My wife had a necklace that she still has today with a cross. And there's sort of a, a circle that kind of makes a halo around the cross. And it's got little diamond gems. But when they reflect in the, the light a, current, a certain way, you'll see this dazzling array of color. So that's actually a detail that I pulled from our actual meeting which I thought was an interesting nuance, but the cross itself, I wanted to draw an homage to Jesus. Um, and it's really this signifying symbol of God's action in this moment. So I'm trying to point the reader back to recalling the divine. So you recall the prayer that I illustrated before. This is the, the answering of that prayer. And I'm showing you by putting the cross illustration in there to recognize the divine movement of this moment which I thought was just something that was really cool because I try to, in my writing, if you listen to episode one, I talk about um, my Christian faith. I try to use everything that I do in writing and you know I do my best in life as well 
Uh, but in writing specifically, I try to use these stories to glorify God or to point readers towards Jesus in some way, shape or form. Uh, and I really felt like God was very present in these moments, obviously bringing my wife to me. So um, wanted to kind of push that there. One of the other interesting nuances is uh, the obnoxious alarm that if you read the actual text, it's just the letter D uh, written over and over. And it sounds kind of obnoxious, but it's kind of an interesting homage as well, because my pet name, my nickname for Daniela is D. I call her D. That is just something that developed over the course of our relationship. And so putting that little detail in there is um, sort of a signifying moment that D is on the way. So I thought that was just kind of a, just a, it's kind of something that's a little bit unique and uh, goes with the motif of the name lingering on my tongue. Um, so I thought that was sort of an interesting nuance as well. And some of these little details, you know, the, the reader may not grasp, but let's remember, I wrote this for the only reader who really mattered for this story, and that was my wife. So there were certain details that I put in. I knew when she read the the DDD of the alarm, she would know that that was a, an homage to my nickname for her. Um, so there's a few details in here that are specifically designed for her, um, given that this was the proposal story. Um, and there are a few events that actually took place. Uh, when we did meet, we met at work. Uh, we were introduced by Josh, who uh, was Daniela's boss at the time, a colleague of mine, a great guy. And he was sort of bringing her around on her first day. Uh, and I was very much in this space of life where I had sort of grown into a maturity. I was craving a um, God-honoring and uh, sanctified type of relationship. I was seeking marriage with uh, an amazing woman. And those are sometimes hard to come by. Uh, and so I had sort of prayed for this this event to take place where I would meet this person that God chose for me to be with. And um, it actually happened. So she showed up at work one day and that was, you know, the rest is history, as they say. So uh, one really interesting sort of tidbit is I, I mentioned the notebook. This is a unique little detail. Um, but after I met Daniela, and we'll get a chance to learn what her thought process was when we first met, but I was immediately just awestruck by her. I think that's the terminology I even use in the writing. So I just knew in that moment when I met this person that this was a sort of life-changing entrance into my life. And uh, I still have the notebook now, but at the, I had sort of a prayer journal as I would mention the story that I would write in. And in the back of that journal, which I still have to this day, her name is written. And the reason was one, her last name is super complicated to smell to spell. So um, I had to write it down. So I made sure I got it right. Um, but I do have it written down. That was what I wrote uh, probably moments after meeting her. Um, so that's sort of a unique little um, tidbit of information that that is actually a, a real life keepsake. The uh, couple other pieces of just sort of unique information to share is uh, the divine knot that no man can untie is a reference to God's declaration of marriage. It's something that um, Danielle and I know a lot about as we were uh, ever since we started dating, we were really looking at this as a um, pursuit of marriage type of relationship. So um, 
you know, I just kind of wanted to make sure. And I don't know when she knew what was happening as she read the story for the first time, but at least towards the end, I wanted to make this, this declaration or at least give her a hint as to what was happening is that this was tied to marriage. So that divine knot um, is a reference to, to God's declaration of marriage, whatever God has bound together, let no man separate. Um, and we actually had a three tiered knot that was at our wedding, um, which is sort of in reference to this as well. Um, and then one other piece of information is that, you know, I deliver a prayer of asking in spirit form at the beginning, and I reply with a prayer of thanksgiving at the end. So I think this is something for Christians listening to this is we often pray because we want something or we're asking God for something. Um, but I always like to take a moment when he does come through and he always comes through, right? But um, when you do recognize his movement in a particular situation to take the time just to be grateful and to say that prayer of thanksgiving to recognize that it was his movement that brought such an amazing and wonderful gift into your life so um, just something for readers that if there's something you're praying for um, continue to pray you know scripture tells us to ask and seek and knock and um, to pray for things in Jesus' name and that will um you know, be something that is a valuable tool to building your relationship with God. But when you actually see these things that you've longed for, these things that God has put onto your heart come to fruition, um, take a second and and be thankful and, and tell them, um, say that prayer of thanksgiving. So just sort of a nice ode there. So with that being said, um, I promised you guys a special guest star. I did not do any hiding of who that person would be. So I'd like to take a brief moment to welcome my wife, Daniela, onto the show. She's the first ever guest of the Parable Sowers podcast. Uh, and so we're going to take a little bit of time to get to know her. Um, I know already know her pretty well, I would assume. Uh, but to let you guys see this amazing and brilliant person who's been super supportive of me. Um, we're going to get a little bit of her feedback on what in the world was going through her mind as she read this. And we'll have her do a little bit of recounting of the... Uh, of the proposal story, so you guys know, you know sort of how sort of how I executed this this plan. Um, and yeah, we'll just do a little bit of dialogue about it. So welcome to the show, my wife. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. Excellent. Awesome. Well, we're glad to have you. I'm glad to have you as a wife. Um, and you can probably clear see that clearly through the the writing of this particular story. So. You know, just one of the things that we've probably talked about a lot and, you know, you're able to listen to me sort of walk through some of the nuances of the story and some of the details that maybe you didn't catch the first or second or third time you read it. Um, but what was what was your reaction to hearing some of the uh, intimate and, and little details that went into the crafting of the proposal story? Yeah, I think it's just very interesting. All the stories that I've read that you've written, um, every time that I read them again and again, I keep picking up details. And um, even as you read today and you explain a few of those details, more things kept, kept coming up. Um, so, you know, my, I, I read obviously and picked up, um, you know, the diamonds around my cross, but 
today was actually the first time that I connected it to, uh, you know, the beginning of the story uh, as, you know, me in spirit form was coming, coming to earth. But um, I think it's just so wonderful for, you know, for you as a writer and I'm sure a lot of other people that are gifted that way to be able to connect so many details into the stories and um, just, you know, drop little hints through, through story and bring it all together. That's, that's one of the things that I'm, um, I'm, I'm just so in awe of the way that, that you do that and the way that you did in this story as well. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that. That's always great feedback to hear from uh, literally the only person who mattered when it came to reading this. I, I did not care if anyone else liked it. So it was one of those situations where, you know, I wanted to get it published right? And I wanted to get it published because I thought it would be an amazing keepsake for you and I and for for us to have for the remainder of our lives, for our kids to read one day, potentially grandkids to read one day. So I just thought that was such a cool thing that we were able to actually get it published um, and especially published with the disclaimer that we went through the engagement, we went through the proposal, we went through getting married and started off our marriage uh, going through the COVID-19 pandemic, which is actually kind of called out <laughs> on the, the the cover of the anthology in which it's featured in as Lockdown Paranormal Romance with Black Hair Press. And the lockdown was obviously, we were all locked down. I don't know if you guys remember that, but that was a thing. Um, and it's still kind of a thing in certain places, depending on where you live. Uh, but we hope everyone is doing well and they're happy and they're safe wherever they are um but you know for our listeners recount a little bit of your perspective of the proposal story tell us um some of the details and as you were reading through it when did you know what was happening did you ever know what was happening until i was there you know on my knee with a with a i would consider a pretty nice ring so um (laughs) So recount that for us. Yeah, so so this was the weekend of May 25th. Uh, it was a long weekend. And we had, just like Matt mentioned before, we'd always talked about dating with the purpose of marriage. So we had had conversations before. We knew that this was coming. Um, and there were just a few things that he would say or, you know, not say throughout, I would say, the weekend that made me think that it would possibly be this weekend but you know nothing definite um i was still doubting um we went through the weekend and it was monday we had still the day off and i came over to his house um so you know i was just thinking you know who gets engaged on a monday you know weirdly um but i came over to his house and he's just on the couch watching tv so all right, you know, I just thought, you know, maybe nothing's going to happen this weekend. Um, And he was acting extremely normal. Um, He asked me to read one of the stories that he was writing. Uh, So he asked me to just sit on the couch. He was going to bring his laptop. So it was very normal. You know, I read a lot of the stories and the things that um, that he's writing. And, you know, I I give him a, a little bit of comment or feedback on it. So... He asked me to sit down and read this, and while he was doing that, I just noticed that uh, the coffee table was out of place, so I went ahead and moved it to the right place, (laughs) and he came back, and he asked me why he moved it, so I just said, you know. And and just not to interrupt, but... I had the ring hidden, uh, so the coffee table had drawers on it, and and I wanted to have her seated in a specific place so, um, so she could be reading the story, and then I could sort of quickly access the ring and so i had everything planted exactly as it should have been 
And all of a sudden about, I don't know, five minutes into the proposal process, you had moved the key linchpin (laughs) of what I needed to actually propose to you. Um, So I was uh, just trying to find the most subtle way that I could to be like, no, I want the coffee table there. Move it back, please. Um, Yeah. So he moved it back and, you know, we move that coffee table all the time. We we work out together in the house or if we're, you know, doing Zoom calls with our laptop, we move the table. Anyway, so he moved it back. No big deal for me, you know. Um, And I started reading the story and, you know, little by little, obviously, I I started realizing that the stories about us the stories about um, us meeting and I don't know exactly at what point on the story it was but I was like this is it you know he is you know using um, one of his passions you know to propose to me so I just read super quickly because I wanted to go to the last page (laughs) because I wanted to see if you know, in actually in the story was anything about, you know, a proposal or, you know, will you marry me or anything like that. Uh, But just like you guys heard, so it wasn't there. But, um, you know, through the whole time that I'm reading the story, I'm sitting on the couch and he's just pacing back and forth in front of me, asking me if I got to one section or, you know, if I would laugh or smile. He's asking me what I read. Um, So, you know, I, I finished reading the story, but... It's a wonderful, beautiful story about us, but still, there's no question, so I can't assume anything still either at this point. Um, so he, you know, he tells me about the notebook, how he wrote my name on that notebook. So he kneels down and pulls out the notebook from the coffee table that I had moved earlier, <laughs> and that was in the right place. Um, but he pulls it out, and obviously I'm thinking... Maybe there's a ring in the notebook, but there's no ring in the notebook. <laughs> um, but he, you know, he he just makes a makes a point of you know remembering that my name has been on his you know prayer journal um, this whole time, and um, then he pulls out the box and he opens it, and I just got extremely nervous, and I just started laughing and hugging him and kissing him um, without saying yes. Without because there was no question yet. I thought um, the ring itself would sort of <laughs> ask the question. Right. So he asked me, "Well, you haven't said anything," uh, and I said, "You haven't asked me a question." So he officially asked me, um, and I said yes, um, and. Um, he looked at my hand and he looked at the ring. He said, the ring's too big. We have to go back and <laughs> get it fixed right away. Yeah. So I had the ring for about 20 minutes and then we went back to, to yeah. get it fixed. Gentlemen, a uh, word of advice. <laughs> Try to find a way to measure your girl's finger. It's the left ring finger. Figure that out. But get that measured before you propose. Um, I couldn't do that because my wife does not wear jewelry. And so that was a bit of a challenge. Um, so, yeah. But still, that was uh, it was fun. But it was funny because I remember recognizing certain parts that she got to in the story because she gets a little bit flush in the face and she gets this like real squinty smile, which I'm kind of looking a little bit at right now. Um, so, yeah, I started to know, know certain like points of the story that she was getting to. Um, But it was a huge relief after the fact. And it was in, you know, kind of a a big celebration too. when black hair accepted this as part of their anthology. And we got a copy of it in print um, and it's been distributed really all over the world. So people have read this story on, I want to say four continents, four of sevens, not too bad. That's over 50%. 
So uh, just kind of a cool, unique, um, God-honoring type of story that we were really excited for other people to read. But most importantly, we were excited for it to be the the kickoff point for our our marriage. Um, so really, the story talks so much about our first meeting. Uh, so you kind of get my perspective. Um, so a lot of the the really the the meeting the part where you and I meet for the first time in the office, like that happened. That was almost to a T exactly what happened. I don't remember if the specific dialogue was um, as, as I wrote it. Um, it may be how I dreamt it or how I remembered it. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, tell me what you remember about our first meeting. Yeah. So um, in the, the office where we work, they usually take their new employees around the office. You meet literally maybe 30 people your first day right and you go you know you know row by row talking to everyone meeting everyone so um honestly it was just another meeting (laughs) um i obviously remember um meeting matt and um exactly where he sat because we sat just one row apart from each other um but it was just you know just meeting another person and i think um what I what I really when I really noticed you was um you know the moments that um you know you would come over to the row and talk to my you know my peers in my team um but also when um I started asking people around to go to church and mm-hmm. you know you told me about this church and you told me about a church that um teaches the word of God uh, which was something very specific um you know almost talking to your maturity also in your walk with Christ, um, in your, um, your hunger for the word of Christ. Um, so, um, you know, when he mentioned going to the specific church and he invited me to go, um, I just never thought I would cause I never wanted to, you know, be that new girl that, you know, the guys inviting her to something, even if it was church, I was not interested in, in creating that image i guess um but another girl also was going to that church so the three of us went um and that's actually the moment where we started getting to know each other outside of work um going to church then we would go to coffee or maybe brunch after and the other girl um started stopped going she started looking at another church too at the same time so then it would be the two of us um, at that point. So for me, the really the biggest the biggest highlight of of meeting Matt was um, that he was, you know, I was, you know, I, I had just moved to the city. I was I was new here. I didn't know anyone, but he actually um, invited me to church, you know, and because of that, we we started getting to know each other. We started to speaking the same language, we started realizing how much we both are pursuing God in our own ways. Um, and we, you know, in, in the same journey, we started pursuing each other. So for me, just that was the most important part was someone that, um, you know, just reached out to me in and, and share, um, I guess, you know, in his way, loving someone, you know, not in a romantic love at that point, but you know, just reaching out to someone and loving someone that's new um, and inviting them to church, which is probably one of the most important part, not to a party or drinking or anything like that, but um, to something that's truly, truly uh, important. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so shout out to Ashley. She was our, she was our buffer uh, for the first couple of. Chaperone. Uh, yeah, she was our chaperone, our buffer for the first couple of, of trips to uh, to church. So that was a. Uh, uh, it was good to have a friend too. And I think it's also nice um, when you see someone who has friends that value the same things. And, you know, we were able to, you know, all three kind of go to breakfast and get to know each other in a group setting. So there wasn't that pressure that existed uh, between the two of us, which was kind of nice. So shout out to Ashley um, being a pretty significant part, I think, of the, the earliest stages of our relationship. So, um one of the things that I kind of talked about at the onset was this amazing gift that writers can give to the people that are important to them in their lives. Um, and, you know, I talk a lot about to you and I'll share this on the podcast for the first time, but it, there, there's sort of a way of when you put someone into print and you write, whether it's, you know, a character in a fantasy novel that is based off your brother, your dad, your mom, or your best friend, whatever it would be, or you, you know, recount a story that actually happened like we have in this case, and you're kind of immortalizing these important people. And that's an amazing gift that their legacy and their memory lives on uh, for such a long time, because uh, these books are going to you know, always be out there uh, for people to read. And you're you know, sharing these great and wonderful aspects of uh, of the people that you're writing about in them. So I guess one of the questions I have for you is, you know, what does it mean to you to have our story, our proposal story, this amazing memory in print uh, for people all over the world to read and for and for us and our family in particular? Yeah, I think. I mean, if I had to say, you know, pick one word, it would be romantic, obviously. Um, it's it's incredible to think that, you know, something that just happened this, you know, one day, May 25th, 2020, it's really going to live forever. Um, you know, I'm not sure how many people will reach and I don't know how many, um, you know, people will be reading this book, but just to see how um, our love story that is centered um, in God um, really has, um, has reached so many people and will continue reaching so many people. It's just, you know, it's romantic personally for me, but it's inspiring to see what um, the words of a writer can do, um, you know, especially when... Um, you're seeing the impact of, um, yeah, of a story, you know, of, of how it makes someone feel so special, um, how a writer see people in, you know, I can see how Matt sees me in a story, even though it's, you know, fiction and he writes fiction. Um, I can absolutely see how he picks um, the, the strengths in, um, the things that he values the most about me, about his friends, his family, and puts them into a story. You know, he picks on specific values and he highlights them in stories. And it's just a wonderful way of seeing how he sees people in a different way. Um, it's something that I don't have the gift for and he does. Um, so it's just, it's so valuable to see that that goes into writing. Um and it'll just stand for forever, really, and especially our, our love story. Um, you know, thinking that we are able, we were able to share the story with our families, and one day, 
hopefully we'll we'll share that with our kids and they'll be able to share with their kids and so on and so forth um and hopefully it's not the first time and we our kids will get to do that or mm -hmm. you know anyone else in our family will get to do that but um just the passion that i see uh in what he does it's something that one of the things that i admire the most about him well thanks I appreciate that. So, yeah, I mean, this is one of those situations where you have an opportunity to honor someone. You have an opportunity to create a, a lasting memory for someone who, you know, when you're talking about a marriage relationship or it could be your parents, it could be your best friend, um, an opportunity to give that person such a unique gift. Uh, and like Daniela mentioned, you know, this is a a window that you can give other people. Uh, we always talk about writers being introverts, which I, I kind of am from time to time. I am. She <laughs> just gave me like the, the snottiest look. 100%. Yeah. Um, we're not always that great at articulating our feelings. We're always, we're not always that great at um, being able to convey how we feel about people. So through writing, I feel like we can give a window into each other's souls, you know, and give people a window into how we see them. Um, so I think you know, that's a great point that you make. And that's definitely something I was hoping that you would come into the understanding of as you read that story um, and continue to read it from time to time. So uh, for the for the writers that are listening to this, this is just a really powerful way that you can tell people that you care about them and give them uh, an everlasting gift and to share the gift of who they are, how you see them, not just with them, but with, with all of your readers as well. So it's a really cool thing that you can do. So, um, you know, with, with that being said, any final thoughts? I'm getting the no, I'm getting a no. <laughs> so, so with that, I hope you guys enjoyed the reading. Um, so just a couple last pieces of information. Um, if you want to read more stories like Finding Her by Matt Lucas, um, I will link Lockdown Paranormal Romance number two, where it is featured uh, from Black Hair Press in the description below. So check that out. Check out Black Hair Press if you're a writer or a reader. Uh, they have a ton of great stuff. I've been working with them for the better part of a year. Uh, really nice group of people based in Australia, uh, and they've got a pretty good following. So a uh, fun place to write in uh, if you want to get some works submitted to anthologies. Or if you're a reader and you're just looking for sci-fi, fantasy, romance, uh, really any of these types of genres, it's a really great spot. So I'll link some of their uh, material below. Um, and next time we are going to be doing an author interview, uh, with PL Stewart. He is, uh, an author who works with Friesen press, uh, and his, um, his first publication is titled a drowned kingdom. So PL will be joining us next time. We'll talk a little bit about uh, his story. It's kind of a fantasy sword and sorcery tale. Uh, so I'm excited to get an opportunity to speak to PL. He's a, a ever supportive member of the writing community. Um, so I've always enjoyed engaging with his content on Twitter and on social media. Um, just a really upstanding nice guy so looking to finally speak to him in person and get to hear a little bit about a drowned kingdom uh, so tune in for episode three uh, if you're looking forward to hearing about pl stewart and his work a drowned kingdom uh, i will link uh, that as well so thanks for joining hope you enjoyed listening to this 
incredibly important story in my life. I hope it was impactful and entertaining to you. That's always the goal here on the Parable Sowers podcast. So have a good one.